looking tonight briefly at uh, the tribulation period. We'll get into this a little bit more uh, as far as Antichrist and the things concerning him, uh, some of the events of the tribulation period. We'll look at that separately as well, but this is just in brief the fact of uh, the tribulation period and what we see concerning the prophecies concerning it, the, the amount of time uh, that it's going to, to be, and, and some of it may be its purpose uh, that we find given to us in the Scripture. Here in Matthew 24, uh, this, of course, is the uh, Sermon uh, on Mount of Olives here, uh, also called the Olivet Discourse. This is our Lord speaking concerning uh, a great many things concerning Israel, particularly uh, he's, he's speaking this from chapter 23 and on through chapter 24 and 25 as he carries on over uh, into these, uh, these prophecies, these things that are going to take place as he's teaching this. And we begin reading over here in, in verse 21 of Matthew 24. 24, verse number 21 and 22, uh, when he says here, And then shall be great... Tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And so th these verses here, uh, as the Lord describes this period of tribulation. He says this is a, a period that will be unlike any other period that's ever been. And the scripture specifically, and we'll look at some of these verses here in just a moment, the scripture speaks specifically that this is going to be in the end days. When this period of tribulation will be that the Lord is describing here, it will be in the end days. And we that listen, life is full of tribulations. Life is full of trials. And we've seen periods of tribulations throughout Earth's history. And depending on where you are at at any one time on the globe, uh, those periods of tribulation can come and go and, and they can last for a long stretch of time or maybe a a, a just a few days worth of time. It might be because of a natural disaster that comes into place. It might be because of a sickness that comes in, like the the uh, Black Death that uh, kills so many in uh, Europe in the the back in the old days, or even here in the early 1900s with the Spanish flu and and the millions that died because of that. There, there are those kind of tribulations that have happened throughout history. And we can see those, we can look at those. We, some of us experience tribulations ourselves, and we can look at those and no matter how bad they have been and, and, and we can see how bad that they've affected other people in other parts, other places where these tribulations have come. But this one is very distinctive in the sense that the Lord Jesus says... There's never been a tribulation like this 
and there'll never be another one like it when it comes. I mean, this is going to be a bad, bad time, this period of tribulation. Notice again what he says. Verse 21, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. So this, this is bad. Now, most people that disagree with us as far as eschatology is concerned, as far as end time events are concerned, most people that disagree with us, they try to say that the tribulation that is being described here has already taken place and that that tribulation was in 70 A.D. when Jerusalem was destroyed by Rome and when the temples, that simultaneously temple being destroyed at that time as well, when Titus came in and destroyed the city and, and the temple, and there was a, a great deal of tribulation during that time. Great deal of tribulation during that time. Uh, and especially on Israel. Uh, those that would escape from Jerusalem would go and hide out in the desert, and Rome would go search them down, those particular ones that they were looking for that were uh, considered rebels by Rome. And uh, so there was a great tribulation that took place on Israel during that time. But Israel was really the only ones affected by it. It wasn't a tribulation of the world. This time that's being described here is a tribulation that is coming upon the whole world, not just Israel. Now, let me clarify this. Israel is the focus of the great tribulation when it comes. This is what the Lord describes for us here specifically in Matthew chapter number 24. But it will be a worldwide tribulation that comes with Israel as the focus of that tribulation. And so we're going to be looking at some verses, and I'm going to move through them as quickly as I can because these are just descriptive verses about uh, this, this period and, and what it will be uh, like, and many of them are coming from the Old Testament prophecies concerning these things. Uh, go over to verse 29 of chapter 24 and just look with me. Verse 29 down through uh, verse number 31 as he continues to describe this, this period of time. He says, immediately after, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now that's pretty specific about what's going to take place immediately following the tribulation of those days. That event there has never happened. It's never happened. So we can, we can rest assured that the tribulation that the Lord is describing here in Matthew 24 did not take place in 70 AD or, for that matter, any time in the past. This has not yet taken place because immediately after 
the tribulation of those days, we are told, then comes Christ Jesus our Lord to take his throne. That is his purpose in coming there. Now, this again, this reference is clearly pointing to the second phase of Christ's coming, as is described for us in the Revelation, known as the Revelation of Christ. And it is the ultimate and complete fulfillment of this prophecy to the final siege of Jerusalem, culminating in the Battle of Armageddon that takes place there uh, next to the mountain and in the valley of Megiddo uh, that is described for us in the book of the Revelation. Go over there with me. Uh, Revelation chapter 16 and verse number 13 down through verse number 21. Revelation 16 verse 13. This is the sixth vial being opened up. Uh, this is these vials of wrath that the Lord is pouring out upon the earth at this time. And he says here in verse 13 of chapter 16, And I saw three unclean beasts like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon, which means the mountain of Megiddo is what that, that term means. <laughs> or mountain of slaughter, Armageddon. And that seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath, and every island fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God, because of the plague of hell, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So this is part of what's going to take place as these vials, as these vials of God's wrath are opened up there upon the earth at this time. That we're, We see here the description of the end of the tribulation period given there in the sixth and seventh vial. As these vials are poured out, we find Antichrist, false prophet, Satan himself, sending forth these spirits to gather together an army. These spirits are going to go out, possess men, possess kings, to bring them in battle against Israel. And they are gathering together here at the, at the, uh, uh, the next to, I should say, the mountain of Megiddo here, or Armageddon, 
there in the valley of Megiddo for the purpose of coming against Israel. Their, their purpose there will be to destroy the remnant of Israel. And we read here in chapter 19, verse number 11, <clears throat> down through verse number 21, this is what happens at the end of this battle, or should say at the beginning of this battle. They, there's not really a battle. They all gather to come against Israel. Israel is fearful, frightened because of what's coming against them. They are crying out to be delivered. Christ Jesus comes, and we'll read there in the book of Zechariah, he sets foot down upon the Mount of Olives. The mountain is split in twain, and Israel runs to him uh, there to the mountain for protection. And we read here in verse 11, as John sees the Lord coming in power and great glory here at the end of this tribulation period. He said, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress, the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Zechariah chapter 12. Go back to Zechariah chapter number 12. And we're going to read verse 2 through 9. And then we'll read a few verses from chapter 14 as well. Zechariah 12 verse 2 through 9. He says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth 
be gathered together against it. Now Israel has seen some pretty dark times in the past. They were destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. This, of course, comes after the, the Babylonian captivity when, when Zechariah is writing this. They saw destruction that came with the Greeks when they came in. Although they didn't destroy Jerusalem at the time, they did destroy a great deal of the, of the nation of Israel. Then they, did, they didn't see destruction again until 70 A.D. when Israel, or Jerusalem itself was destroyed. And so they've experienced a great deal of destruction over the years and a great deal of enemies coming against them. Now, most of their destruction, when it would come, was on from coming from one enemy entering in that they were fighting against. And it's only been in modern times, really, when there have been whole nations, not just one nation, but several nations against Israel. Uh, in 1948, they fought for their independence there. 1967, in the Six-Day War, when that took place, you li they literally had every nation around them in closing on Israel with a desire to destroy Israel at that time. That lasted six days. And God worked miracles. I mean, literal miracles worked out there that all those armies around Israel were destroyed. The one that lasted the longest was the tank battery from Syria on the northern, northern front. Uh, Egypt's planes wouldn't fly. And what ones that did fly, Israel took them out. Egypt's army didn't even make it across the desert even to Israel. They, there were many of them that died on the way and their bodies remained there in the desert. For I guess they probably are still there. I've seen pictures of those bodies, just, just bones scattered there in the desert where those the Egyptian army was coming across and was overwhelmed by the, by the journey to get to Israel and they, they kind of fell out before they even got to really to the battle. Um, Jordan was overcome very quickly. Syria took the longest with the tank batteries that they had, but uh, there was a, literally miracles worked on behalf of Israel that God worked uh, to protect them during that, and Israel got the victory. Um, they took more property than they that from from their enemies there, where they tried to come in and overrun them. Uh, that those enemies even went to the United Nations and begged the United Nations to make Israel give them the property back that they took when they attacked Israel. And um, Israel, the last one that Israel gave up was the 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 desert there between them and. And Egypt, that they, they gave back to Egypt after the United Nations uh, raised a stink over it. But they, th that was probably the closest thing that we have being described here as, as these nations come against them. But here, it's a little bit bigger than just those nations that surround Israel. But here he says the whole world is going to come against Israel. Now... We are in a day now that the whole world hates Israel. And they always have. It's just been a... Israel, basically their only friends for a long time was Britain and the United States. And now it's just the United States. And it's only 
only us when it's politically expedient. Uh, that, that, that is sadly the place where we are at today, uh, that we're really their only ally. Uh, in in this world and all the rest of the nations around them care nothing or hate the one or the other and so this 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 is something that has uh, been a very real thing that Israel has endured but as of yet not all of those nations have come against them in warfare uh, but that is exactly what's being described in Revelation 16 and and what ends in Revelation 19 it is what is being described for us here in Zechariah chapter 12 in this, this gathering against Israel. He says in verse 4 of chapter 12, he says, In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their hearts, the inhabitants of Israel shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in the sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place even in Jerusalem. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day, in that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them and it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Then notice in verse, uh, or chapter 14, go over and look with me there. Verse, beginning in verse 1, we'll read down through verse 7. He says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the resident of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, on the west, and on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives rather shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very, very great valley. And half the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And then he says in verse 12, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, 
and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. And it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. So this, he's describing here how the Lord is going to defeat these armies that come against Israel in this day at the end of this tribulation period. And this is that personal return of the Lord when he comes. This was promised in Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. The angel said, just as you've seen him go, so shall he come again. In like manner, he's going to come exactly the same way they saw him rise up in the clouds. He's going to come back and set foot then upon the earth again there at the Mount of Olives. And then, of course, Revelation chapter 6 all the way through chapter 19 provides for us a detailed description of the tribulation. These events that are going to go on during that time. Some of these events that are described there in chapter 6 are the things that are going on in heaven at that time. And then those things are going on in the earth as well. We see that throughout that seven-year period as John gives description of these things that he is given sight of. Now, um, in chapter 7 of the book of the Revelation, we have here uh, a detailed description of again of the tribulation period of these events that's going to take place during that time. And here in chapter number seven, we are specifically told of this group, verse four, down through verse number eight, of these hundred and forty four thousand Jews that are sealed by God, and they are going to go forth as missionaries during this time uh, of tribulation. And they are going to go out from Israel and proclaim the coming of the Lord. Verse 4 it says, well, uh, verse 3, let me go back up and read that, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed twelve thousand. tribe of Asher were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Nephthalim were sealed twelve thousand. the tribe of Manassas were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zabulon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. 12,000 from each tribe, each of the 12 tribes of Israel, they were sealed to go forth as missionaries for the Lord. 
And it says of them there, And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth, which sitteth upon the throne and under the Lamb, and all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes on whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which come out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall hunger, or shall dwell rather, among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. For the Lord which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now that's, that's being described there. This is, he's given a heavenly vision of this. While, this is, while he's seeing these events taking place, the tribulation is going on on the earth. And these are God protecting or God providing there for those there that are going through, those of his children that are going through during this, this progress of the tribulation period. Now, the, the tribulation period itself is a period of seven years in length. Um, that's the combined time of the prophesying of the two witnesses that we're told about in Revelation chapter number 11, uh, verse number 3, says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. These two witnesses will, will prophesy for this period of time, thousand two hundred and three score days so 1260 days will be their time of prophecy before antichrist will be given power over them and he will kill them and they will lie in the streets there even and people will celebrate because these two witnesses that caused them so much trouble declaring the coming of the lord to them uh, they they will even give gifts to one another because of these two being killed. But they're going to be raised up uh, from their, their dead bodies be laying there in the streets so that they're going to be raised up, be resurrected, and be caught up with the Lord there. The second half of the tribulation period is that period of uh, the beast, the career particularly of the beast, and that's just told us there in chapter 13 and verse number 5. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him forty and two months. 
40 and 2 months. So this period of 7 years, and Daniel gives us a specific number of days, and it's just a little bit over 7 years that this, this period of uh, days will go on. And, but basically it's split into 3 and a half and 3 and a half. The whole time is bad. The whole time is great trouble. Okay? But the last three and a half is really the great tribulation. That is Jacob's trouble. That is the abomination of desolation that is described. And that is that, that period of seven years there um, for the whole period. Uh, particularly the last three and a half uh, with this uh, reign or this rule of Antichrist. And Daniel tells us a great deal about that uh, back in Daniel chapter number 9. Daniel chapter number 9. He describes for us here in this passage the coming of power by Antichrist. And then his, uh, how he's going to fool uh, the world. And uh, then the, the, the period of uh, how this is going to come to be. In fact, look with me here in Daniel 9 uh, and verse 27. He describes here, this is, Daniel is, is describing here the 70 weeks of Israel's future. And from, from the time that they would go forth uh, until the cutting off of Messiah would be three score and two weeks and then to the, um, uh, the destruction of the temple would be, be up into the 69 weeks. So and those, those periods of weeks, uh, there, we, we see here, there, we, we call them a week here. They're 70 weeks determined as the scripture says here, those weeks are, are weeks of seven. And so they are descriptive not of days, but rather of years. So they're weeks of years that are being described here. And we, those first 69, from the time that the, the, the order was given to rebuild Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity, from the time that order was given until the 70 A.D., there is exactly that number of years, those 69 years. Uh, or 69, sorry, not 69 years, 69 weeks of years. There's exactly that number of years, 369, I believe, is what, what the years are. There's exactly that many years there between the two. The last year, or the last week rather, the 70th week, is this great tribulation week. Now there's a pause now between the 69th and the 70th week because the ushering in of the period of the Gentiles that we are in now. Once this period is over with, this period of, of the, the Gentiles, this 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 period, that the age of grace, if you will, that we are in now, when this period ends, that is when the 70th week then begins. And we are, we are told very plainly that that's, that 70th week 
will be in the end days. And immediately following that 70th week is when the Lord will return in power and great glory that we see in Revelation chapter 19. Okay, So this, this is, uh, right now we're in that period between the 69th and the 70th week. Verse 27 of that passage of Daniel here, he says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, what is being told here is what, what is believed anyway that is being told here. He's going to make a covenant with Israel for a seven-year period. And there's going to be promised them peace for those seven years. In the middle of that week, in the middle of that three-and-a-half, or the seven-year period at the three-and-a-half point, he's going to break that covenant. That'll be the time when the two witnesses are killed. It'll be the time when he will cause the sacrifices to stop in Israel. Um, there, there will be a some temple built during that time. Um, I don't know exactly how they're going to accomplish that. I just that's just what the scripture teaches us. They they will sac begin the sacrifices again during that time. They're in Israel. Israel trying in this effort to return to God. Now they, they don't know Messiah. They, they still have not acknowledged Christ at this point. But they're, they're, it'll be their attempt here in this period to return unto God. They, by the way, have red heifers. Right now in Israel, ready to do this sacrifice, to do the dedication of the temple. That they are supposed to be the ones they have. They have they've been watching them. They are supposed to be of age beginning in 2024, and that will be supposedly when they are planning this sacrifice to take place. They are planning on doing it at the excavations of Shiloh. Uh, this is where uh, the tabernacle set for so long uh, during the Old Testament time. Uh, it set there at Shiloh before the, ta the temple itself was built uh, by Solomon. Uh, that's where they're going, they're claiming they're going to go and do this sacrifice to prepare for the building of this next temple. I don't know if they'll do that, if they'll carry it out, or if it'll be held up again. I don't know. But that's, that is their plan right now. But this, this, we know here, given what verse 27 tells us, is that during this period, they're going to take up sacrificing again, and it will be those sacrifices that the Antichrist will force stopped. He's going to force them to stop those sacrifices by some way, um, some way defiling the temple, uh, that he's he's going to some way defile it, that the these these he's going to make these sacrifices cease, uh, and then Israel will go through this period of great 
tribulation. Uh, for This is the last three and a half years when it will become extremely bad, not only on Israel themselves, but on the whole world. be extremely bad during this time. And we'll hold off there and pick up with this next time as we look at some of the the horrors of the tribulation period, uh, those that will be saved during that time, the reasons for this that the Scripture gives us for why this period is and, and the fact of it being uh, those seven years. And then we'll look also at some of the events of the seven-year period that will take place that are marked out for us in the Scripture that are told us these things are going to be happening during that time, those, those significant things that the Scripture speaks of concerning that seven-year period. This is a period that is yet to come. It is a period that's going to be really, really bad. And it's a period that I am not going to be a part of. Because the children of God are, those of us that are saved now, are raptured in the rapture of the saints. It is described for us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, John chapter 14, that event that takes place as we are raptured from this place then begins this tribulation period. And it is from, from the rapture of the saints to the return of the Lord that is that seven-year period in which all of this wickedness will be poured out on the world or all this, and, and wrath for that matter, not just the wickedness of Antichrist, but the wrath of the Lord also being poured out during that seven-year period. It's going to be a very bad time, uh, particularly for Israel during those days. All right. Everybody got it? It makes perfect sense. All right. All right, let's all stand. We'll be dismissed.